Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Good evening. Well, first of all, I would like to thank you for coming and thank you for the opportunity to be here just to see wonderful people. And uh, also on behalf of Biblica, I would like to thank you for your support in many ways to make the Bible available to many people in China. And tonight, I would like to share a little bit about my ministry in China. Uh, there you go. Okay, as uh, our MC mentioned, we are married to Deborah, my wife, and uh, our son, Hoan. In Chinese, uh, it means God's grace. Our son, Hoan, is 10 months old, and we're expecting our number two coming in about 40 days. So, you know, I'm not really a good citizen because I violated that one-child policy. Anyway, <laughs> but we love children. So we are, we're based in, in Qingdao, a city, well, you know, in the east coast, a peninsula, uh, well, just under Beijing, between Beijing and Shanghai. And just to give you a, a brief glimpse of the current churches in China. Well, people categorize Chinese churches mainly, you know, as registered churches, which is mainly the, you know, the, the government churches, they're the three self or whatever you call them, and also the unregistered churches. We call them house churches or underground churches. And these two categories. In the last 20 years, I think what affected or impact the churches most is urbanization. Let me show you a picture. If you go to China today, you would see a lot of construction works. Small towns, big cities, everywhere. Very dusty. You, you see a lot of cranes here and there. See the construction works. And this has been you know, quite a phenomenon in China. And a lot of people lost their land, their farms. And this is ISOS. Too much construction works. Of course, you know, with 1.3 billion people, what do you expect? People are moving to the cities. Sorry, too fast. So uh, what this means to the churches in China? Well, uh, we know that uh, revival first started in the rural area in China. In 1979, when the churches were allowed to reopen, revivals appeared in the rural area, especially in the central China, like Henan and Anhui provinces. So from 1980s to 1990s, basically the rural churches are taking the lead, were taking the lead in evangelistic work, church planting and training, etc., etc. A typical house churches, a house church in the in central China, and you can see the revival in the 80s. That's quite a you know. You, okay, another. And this is not surprising because in the early 80s, 
more than 80% of Chinese population or residents were in the rural area. So, of course, you know, the church first thrived in the rural area. Just a, a picture of the rural area. Okay, this is a village, a typical Beijing suburban village. In 1984, a big change, China allowed rural residents for the first time in the past 40 decades, almost 40 de decades, to work in the cities. This totally changed the landscape or the social structure in China. People are rushing and moving to the cities. Well, this implies the churches or affects the churches. While huge migration waves first, you know, in China, by 2011, more than 50% of China's population are living in urban areas. For the first time, surpassed the rural population. Quite a milestone for the government. In less than 30 years, almost one-third of China's population moved to the urban area. 65% of Chinese will be living in urban area by 2020, not far away from now, and 80% by 2030, 90% by 2050. The migration waves affected the churches drastically. The rural churches are declining, and declining drastically, rapidly. So now if you go to the rural area, if you happen to enter a church, you would see mainly women, children, and elderly people. Oops. It's not behaving quite much. Oh, okay. Here's a church. As you can see, you know, mainly women. You can hardly see any men. Or... But this church is still good, you know, still filled with people. Look at this church. This is a more rural church. You see the pews are in half empty, and mainly women and children. Well, we have the other side. The urban churches are thriving and are taking the leading uh, leadership to in training, in church planting, in evangelistic meeting, uh, 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 ministry and mission works. So compared to traditional rural churches, which are which were mainly you know, are mainly composed with uh, farmers, the church the urban churches are much more diverse. You have a lot of professionals, businessmen, and uh, intellectuals, and, all, and also overseas returnees. So this is an urban church. So there's a lot of pe young people, and also a house church. Okay. I, I think I need to mention a third force, the migrant workers. 
Of the urban population, 60% are first-generation migrant, migrant workers, mainly working in labor-intensive industry. Churches cannot neglect reaching out to this huge group of people if China is to be evangelized. As a disadvantaged group, they often need to form their own churches or fellowships because they cannot merge well with the urban churches or the urban people due to backgrounds, you know, or habits or whatever barriers there may, there may be. Most migrant workers are treated as lower class citizens in their adopted towns or cities because they are still classified, very, very strange and weird a system, as rural residents under China's household registration system. This means they can only receive benefits back in their hometown, rural area, which do not exist. The benefits are almost zero for rural people. And they cannot receive any benefits in the city where they go to work. And this means they have little or no social security, including access to education for their children, health, pension, or other welfare provisions. Very, very strange, you know, a society claiming classless created the most unfair, unjust classes. This is a migrant, migrant uh, rural workers. You see this meeting? They are meeting in a local church. See, they're in uniforms. My wife has, has been reaching to the, rural, uh, the migrant rural workers for the last seven years, and it's a huge, it's a huge uh, ministry, and huge, there's a huge need because they are often a shifting population. Sometimes they meet in a dormitory. You say Bible study or a, pre or a sermon can be conducted in a, in, a in a dormitory or simply in a factory or plant or sometimes just a rented place. Challenges for the churches in China whether registered or unregistered. Lack of well-equipped pastors, which is a big need. You know, people often claim China has about 100 million Christians or more. But I would say, you know, we, we are often 1,000 miles wide, but one inch deep. I'm sorry to say so. That's often the case in China, in the churches, you know. It's not so optimistic. A lot of things need to be done to get the churches grow, mature, and healthy. So a lot of, we need a lot of well-equipped uh, pastors and also lack of unity and cooperation. I think that's a big challenge for any church anywhere because people just like to, you know, to be the, rather to be the head of a dog than the tail of a lion, I guess. And also lack of understanding of the Bible, which is a big, uh, you know, problem, which I will see how we tackle this, this problem. Lack of social concern is also, uh, you know, a big challenge because you claim you have uh, how many million Christians in China, but uh, how much impact they have done to the society is pretty much very invisible, uh, very minimal. Many people still don't know the church, even you know, three self-church in big cities. There are more than one. There are often two, three, or more. 
they have very nice building, beautiful. But many people in the urban area never heard, no, no, where's the church? They never, they never know where the church is. So the church is quite still very much invisible in China, I would say. And also cows. Cows is, a, is inf, you know, inflicting, inflicting the churches and infesting. Secularism also is a challenge. Well, there are many ways to tackle the challenges, uh, but I think back to the Bible is the key because oftentimes many problems are, you know, because of our understanding of the Bible. And so we, Biblica, provide Bibles. And we not only provide Bibles, we provide contemporary and easy to understand Bibles. Our Chinese contemporary Bible was published the New Testament in 2007 and the Old Testament in 2011. Let me just give you a, a brief introduction of this uh, uh, Chinese contemporary Bible. It's a modern translation, accurate, clear, and natural Chinese. And having said that, I need to mention you know, the most dominant version, which is Chinese Union version. In China, 99.9%, .9%, as I mentioned earlier, in noontime, uh, are using this Chinese Union version, which has been there for almost a th uh, 100 years. It is a very good translation in general, given all due respect to this version, and I'm nourished by this version. But, you know, language changes over the years, let alone, you know, a translation which is 100 years old. Just to give you a, you know, a glimpse of how language changed in China. Just a few years ago, I remember before I left China, in 1998, people were quite comfortable to address each other comrades, you know, communist city comrades. Tongzhi, quite naturally, you know, very comfortably, very okay. Just a few years, I think only about three or four years, I went back to China, 2002, and I heard, no, 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 never say that word, comrades, comrade, because it contains a connotation for homosexual. And also the word miss in Chinese, just in the late 90s, still pretty okay to dress, you know, xiaojie, miss this and miss that, if you are good at the restaurant. But just a few years, maybe four or five years later, I went back to China, and my friends, no, no, never say that word. You say, fu yuan, or, uh, what's the English word? Steward, stewardess. Never say the word miss in Chinese because it contains a connotation for prostitute. Language changes. And this is just a, you know, just a few examples. Of course, the Bible, the Chinese Union Bible, due, given all due respect to, to it, and I, I think I need to mention a few in this couple of uh, examples, how, uh, you know, misunderstandings uh, people could have. 
I think people tend to think a literal translation is more accurate, at least for many years. You know, stick to the original language, word for word, never change anything, the structure, whatever, the grammar, the, the sequence. And I think that's not always the case. And I would like to cite a couple of examples from the Union version. I'm not intending to downplay Union version. And I don't believe one translation will replace another translation. I think translations can complement each other, one another. There are always people like, you know, the old version. There are always people like a younger or, you know, more lively version. You got different people group, uh, age groups. And I think multiple versions are, are, are as assets instead of liabilities. So uh, in Union version, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 11, you know, the translation goes like this. Well, in English, that's a rough translation in English. Woman is not without man, man is not without woman. What does that really mean? Man is not without woman, uh, woman is not without man, and man is not without woman. I asked the people around, including seminary students, what does this verse, this phrase really mean to you? And they scratch their head. Oh, I, I knew every Chinese word, but I just can't explain specifically what, what it really means. I don't know you guys how the English goes. If the English goes like this, how is it crystal clear to you the meaning? For you English speakers? <laughs> I don't know. Another example is even more funny. Second Corinthians, or Second Corinthians chapter six, verse eleven, Paul said, you know, the Chinese Union version goes like this. Corinthians, our mouth is open to you. Our mouth is open to you. What does it really mean to you? Was Paul saying, you know, our mouth is, hey, you want some food for you to feed him? Or you say sometimes the literal translation can be very misleading. And not always the case, you know, of course, but sometimes the literal translation can be very misleading. So, you know, there are times that the literal translation can go well, maybe. So that's why we have this Chinese contemporary translation. And uh, it is not meant to, be, to replace Chinese Union version, but rather complement. Because we realize the young, the young people, they need new translation, which is crystal clear. They can enjoy the reading of the Chinese language, the, the Chinese Bible, not the struggling with the, ah, what does it really mean to me? And as you know, Pastor John mentioned earlier, Bible publishing in China is not free. It is controlled by the authority, the, or the registered churches, or the CCC, or T, TSPM. So far, right now, only Union version, the Chinese Union version, I think is published by the Three Self Church, and it is available in their bookstores. So this dominant version is available to a certain extent, 
So what do we do the distribution? We have this nice Chinese translation, but how do we get it to the people's hands? Well, we have to do it cleverly. Well, the inside door is closed. We still have outside door open. So nowadays, you know, many Chinese people take leisure time trips to overseas. In, 2000, in 2012, 83 million people traveled to overseas from China. Increased 18.41% than, than last year, than 2011. In Thailand, they have about 2 million people, 2 million tourists. In Taiwan, 2.2 million. And Macau, 1.5 million each month because of its gambling enticement. Chinese are well, you know, are well known for their gambling habits, I guess. They just love to go to Macau to gamble. And these are very good opportunities for us to distribute our Bible. And we work with partners to give the Bibles away to the tourists. Inside the door, the, in, the door inside is closed, but the door outside of China is open. So we got the, the Chinese Bible, Chinese CCC, CCB, to be to published, printed in China, in Amity, and then we ship it outside of China, and to bring them to the tourist spot and hand them over to the tourists. So this is a, some of the, the stocks and the shipment. The Southern Cross project has distributed a 220,000 CCB to Chinese tourists in Macau, Taiwan, and Thailand. Another 70,000 copies will be printed by the end of this December. Some trucks. Unloading good news. Another picture. I think many of them are encountering God's word, you know, they can't encounter God's word. Well, as I said, having a Bible is one thing. Having a Bible, which is understandable, crystal clear in meaning, is another thing. So isn't it very good for these tourists, you know, to have God's word when they have their leisure time? They encounter God's word overseas. And a timeless book for free. I think many of them, you know, it will be their first time to have a Bible, I would believe. No one left behind without a Bible, so we make sure that everybody got a copy before they embarked the, the bus. So some of the record, in one week, Tourists from over 25 provinces in China received God's word, that's in Macau. And tourists from 16 to 23 provinces in China received God's word in Taiwan. And I would like to introduce uh, a little bit more about our, uh, our projects going on in, right now in China and some of the accomplishments. Well, I mentioned that we, the inside door is closed but not completely. Just earlier this year, we made a major breakthrough, which is really a milestone for us. And we, 
finally got our New Testament permit published in China and legally put on the bookstores of the registered churches. It is a parallel with uh, the Chinese Union version. So the old version and the Chinese contemporary version, side by side. And which is a milestone for us, you know, uh, people at least get access to the New Testament of this modern translation. And if they wish to, they can uh, find a means to get the Old Testament. So over the past five years, more than one million copies have been distributed. distributed. About one-third of them are full Bibles. So this is the cover of the parallel Chinese Contemporary Bible and also the Chinese Union Version. It is available now in the bookstores of the registered churches in Shanghai or Beijing, the big cities. We also published the Chinese Student Bible earlier this year, which is not available in China yet. We, didn't, we haven't got the ISBN for it yet, but it's available overseas. And we adopted the notes from Philippiensis and uh, Tim Stafford from the English version. We contextualize it to make it fitting uh, the Chinese context. So it is available now overseas. We also published the Diaglot Bible, Chinese Contemporary Bible, and also with the NIV. Because we know a lot of people, a lot of people in China nowadays, they are so enthusiastic in learning English. You know, English teaching or English learning has been a very big attraction to the young people. Oftentimes, Bible study started with the English corner or English Bible study. So we published this Diaglot. And we are hoping the Old Testament, the whole Bible, can be published uh, by the end of this year. We are also aware of the rapid growth of smartphone users in China. By, 20, by the end of this year, there will be 500 million people using smartphones in China. This is a huge, huge market. And we see opportunities for God's word to be used. So we made the electronic version available. Our CCB electronic version is available now at BibleGateway.com and also the audio version. And we are currently also adopting the actually not adopting, we are updating and revising the Chinese Life Application Study Bible. And we, it has been published in the late 90s by, no, it was translated by, in the late 90s by some Hong Kong scholars. But as you know, the Hong Kong people, their language is a little different from mainland China. Oftentimes, it carries a flavor of Cantonese. So we are trying to smooth it out make it in line with the China mainland usages, and also add the information because the English version has been updated, as I know. So we are updating it and revising it. And we hope to finish this 
Chinese Amplified Study Bible in three years. So we transform, we are in this ministry of transforming lives through God's word. And uh, I just take this opportunity to thank you on behalf of the churches again in China for your prayer, for your support, for your financial support, for your prayers, for your many for your support in many ways to make this version available to the people in China. And uh, thank you so much for your support. And we really wish that uh, you can co-work with us, partner with us to make this translation available in China. Thank you so much. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.